0: Welcome to Layer Zero. Layer Zero is a podcast of unscripted conversations with the people that make up the Bitcoin community. Crypto is built by code, but it's composed by people. And each individual member of the crypto community has their own story to tell. The cypherpunks understood that the code they write impacts the people that use it. And Layer Zero focuses on the people behind the code because Bitcoin is people all the way down and always has been, which might be an offensive statement to many of the Bitcoiners. And the reason why we're talking about Bitcoin today is because I have on my old co-host, C.K. Snarks of POV Crypto. So, longtime Bankless listeners will probably have known about POV Crypto, but it was actually the podcast that I started with C.K. with the guest here before starting the Bankless podcast. Uh, it was the the precursor podcast, and POV Crypto, Point of View Crypto, was me, the Ethereum, and C.K. the Bitcoiner. And we also happened to be college friends. So we were friends before we had discovered Bitcoin and Ethereum, respectively. Uh, and that allowed POV Crypto to be a different kind of podcast. In, it got started in 2018, 2019. And it was like a bear market darling of a podcast. People loved it at the time. And it was really because it was something different where two differing perspectives were able to come to the same place and sometimes like aggressively yell at each other yet still hug it out at the end of the show every single time. And so it was a nice relief where it was a very important conversations about like the philosophical differences between Bitcoin and Ethereum from two people that very much believed on each in each other's respective camps. Uh, and so the fact that uh, CK and I were college friends, I went to his wedding, uh, and, and we have, you know, we're friends. Uh, and so we can yell at each other, yet actually not, and then still be respectful. And you can actually move the needle with conversations. And so it, it hosted a lot of very important conversations, I'd say, in 2018 to 2020. Um, since once, once the bull market started, CK, who uh, is operations at BTC Media, uh, Bitcoin Magazine, uh, the the Bitcoin Conference, uh, all that stuff, uh, and so once the bull market started, I doubled down on Bankless. He doubled down on BTC Media, um, but we've always kept in touch, of course, uh, as our respective ecosystems has built out. It's been a year since we have recorded, uh, and so this is uh, the reunion of POV Crypto. So for the long time POV Crypto fans, sorry for going over a year without recording an episode i hope you enjoy this one though uh because we have a lot to catch up on So, without further ado we'll get into the conversation with C- ck snarks right after we talk to some of these fantastic sponsors that make the show possible what's up ck
1: how's it going doing good man enjoying your apartment
0: <laughs> yeah i well, it's great to have you here uh it's been a while it's yeah, been a long time
1: since we recorded at since least. we
0: recorded yeah um for bankless listeners that don't know who are you uh, I'm the general
1: manager of Bitcoin Magazine, but uh, David and I are old friends from mm-hmm. uh, college days, uh, and uh, we're we kind of were partners in crime for a while. Uh, we started both of our careers in the Bitcoin and crypto space, uh, doing a podcast together called POV Crypto. Yeah, the POV Crypto Pod was like
0: I think it was the uh, there were there were definitely other podcasts that. Were a big deal. Like Laura Shin's podcast was a big deal, but I think we kind of like dominated the 2018 to 2020 bear market in terms of just like we had we had good listenership, but also just like who listened to POV Crypto. As I think, uh, it, it was an interesting set of people. Uh, for Again, for the listeners who don't know, you want to describe POV Crypto and how it came to be and what it was. So pretty much, David and I kind of started our careers with similar-ish
1: uh, perspectives on the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, David was a lot more into Uh, The blockchain ecosystem, really into Ethereum, you're mining Ethereum. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was already pretty captivated by Bitcoin, uh, and I've since become more captivated by Bitcoin. Uh, And I don't know, we... we we tried and failed to do a podcast one time, and then we yeah. kind of just started. was it was like November 2018. I think we late 2018. I
0: think we tried and start. I uh, tried to do the first episode like two times, like yeah, two or it, three times, two or three times, and then the, we did it like the fourth time. And we were like, this still wasn't what we wanted, but at some point we were like, we just have to ship a goddamn episode. So we just yeeted the episode and like got like fifteen listens or something. Like yeah, that. I think it was just our friends. Yeah. But pretty much, <laughs> pretty much the whole point was like,
1: I was the Bitcoiner, mm-hmm. David was the Ethereum, and like we were gonna talk about the market, what we saw. Uh, you know, we felt like these communities were already very siloed, mm-hmm. um, and they were really talking at each other on Twitter a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. So we were kind of the only forum that. I feel like had honest conversation with uh with both perspectives respectfully over an extended period of time.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. The way I, I describe POV crypto is like during the 2018 to 2020 bear market, there wasn't the communities that you see today. Like there was just Bitcoin and Ethereum. Like there were there were like other like bull market like ecosystems that all went away during the bear market and like basically all that was left was Bitcoin. And ethereum like all the people that like were bullish on public private key cryptography and some sort of crypto system the only people that were left were like bitcoin and ethereum and these communities couldn't talk to each other because none of them were friends they were just like two ideologically like separated and so like that's where we had the privilege of like being college friends yet one of us was the ethereum one of us was the bitcoiner we made pov crypto because we were the only two people that could come together and like argue with honest arguments. And so we had like these hour long, we call them like fight nights, uh, we also did interviews. But basically we were the place where like the Bitcoin perspective and the Ethereum perspective met.
1: Yeah, no, totally. And uh, we had awesome guests on and it was... A very unique setting because like David would bring in the, the cream of the Ethereum space mm-hmm. and I would just drill them with all the questions <laughs> that like Bitcoiners would want to ask them. And then vice versa, I would bring on like a, someone who's pushing forward Bitcoin in a big way, a developer, uh, you know, a, a, an entrepreneur in the space. And, you know, David would be like, well, why not this? Why this won't work? Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. Uh, and I thought, you know, one, it was fun, it was but fun, yeah. uh, I thought, you know, we really added something unique to the ecosystem.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like okay, so there, there was like the Bitcoin episodes, the Bitcoin podcasts, and then and then there was there was the Ethereum podcasts. Maybe there was actually only two of us, two of them. There was ours, and then also into the Ether. But like the difference was that when we would do an Ethereum interview, we would bring on an Ethereum guest. We would also have a Bitcoiner, and like vice versa. Yes. Uh, and and so you would and and. And because we, we did so many episodes, we got we, we were into like two, almost episodes like 200 episodes. Yep. So our listeners got to like kind of know us and know our perspectives and saw kind of like the character development of the actual episode of the of the conversation. And you would see where like the Ethereum influence would influence you and you would see the Bitcoin influence influence me. In our thinking but we also like never wavered from our positions like Still to this day <laughs> to this to this day yeah uh-huh and so it's, it's been like a year or so since we've recorded a podcast uh yeah a little bit less than a year it's little, been a minute. little bit less than a year uh and it's just, like it really kind of things started to pause when slow down when uh the bull market started like uh, the bitcoin communities and the ethereum communities we were in the same spot during the 2018 to 2020 bear market, like the Bitcoin communities and the Ethereum communities, very different communities, but they were still together, right? It was like, we were still on crypto Twitter, interacting with each other, even though we were different communities. And then as soon as like the bull market happened, like the Bitcoiners did their own thing. like We diverged as communities, I'd say. Would you agree with that take? I mean,
1: I I always like a little bit more yes and no. I definitely knew that that was very much your perspective, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this time last year uh but at the same time i think it's fair to say that like these communities are still definitely um you know rubbing rubbing up against each other in a big way although like let's just call it like the ethereum only ecosystem and then the bitcoin only ecosystem have definitely both developed a lot um you know back in the day there was just crypto and blockchain conferences now there's you know, very specific gatherings, very specific um, mm-hmm. meetups, you know, all of these things definitely have defined themselves and become more independent for sure.
0: So I, I want to definitely get into uh, like since it's, since it's been a year and a little bit more since like the POV crypto was really at, at its height. Uh, we wanted to kind of reflect on like, all right, who, who was right? Because that was the whole point of the episode or, or, or the podcast was like one of us was right and one of us was wrong and the, it could only be one. Right, that was kind of the air of the podcast. That was the vibe. That was. I don't, the... I don't know how true that is, though. Well, so yeah. So let's ask that question because I, I think you and I do agree on like uh, there's going to be one blockchain to that's going to be the winner, like that sits in the throne. And there was an, there was uh, an argument that I remember having on Twitter where I think it was West Coast Waka. Shout out West Coast Waka, who's always been with us ever since the beginning. Uh, where they were like, uh, how how do you know? who's right in the end. And we both agreed like market cap. Market cap is the determining factor. Do you still do you still align with that? Well, I definitely think that the journey, every metric and every sacred
1: cow is going to like, get challenged, you know, across the spectrums um as more intense and malicious actors uh get, you know with lots of capital come in, you know, I don't know if market cap or any specific metric is like the key metric. I think that the what what matters at the end is where is economic activity happening, and and what I think you why it makes sense that there's going to be one settlement layer for global economic activity, mm-hmm. and we're going to consolidate around whatever works the best for a number of reasons, many of which a lot of people know about, many of which are unknowable to this point but um because of efficiency mm. so right now there is massive inefficiencies in the the wild and ma- massive like in like not connectiveness uh like the financial system is very very fragmented and i think what is going to happen is uh, i think governance is going to become way less unified i definitely believe in the sovereign individual thesis mm-hmm. but that's going to be enabled by using a lot of shared common tech mm-hmm. similar to i think it's going to be the bitcoin blockchain but let's just call it one global mm-hmm. settlement layer for the world you know almost like that you don't have to trust that person in order right. to settle value with them like that's what having one global blockchain does right
0: okay so, so you do believe in like one uh the dominance of one ecosystem yeah, in, in the long term yeah, yes. yeah i mean hum-
1: humanity requires yes. It. Yeah. like we th- we need this to move forward like right now there's just too much. Uh, it's it's difficult to make economic calculation, mm-hmm. right? So um, I think that this is an economic advancement on the levels of the world converging on gold or, I mean, much, much greater than that. But uh, it's going to bring about an enormous amount of efficiency gain, productivity gains uh, and capital allocation improvements if we can, uh, you know, gather around one. And I think that we will because we we need it.
0: Right. And so like a hundred percent, I 100% agree. There's like one, if there's one single standard, if there's one global coordination focal point where we all like, Hey, this is what we use to coordinate. That's, that is the point of crypto. And I th- I think one of the reasons why people resonated with POV crypto is because like a lot of the same stuff, we have, we agreed on a lot of stuff. Like yeah. we have very similar principles. And I think where we disagree is like the execution of that like how that actually manifests and so like that that's kind of like why we could come together on pov crypto is because like so much of our foundation foundation about like why this stuff is important is the same thing but you think it's expressed in bitcoin and i just think it's expressed in ethereum
1: yeah i mean i i I don't know if we necessarily have the same vision for the future but i think part of the show too is you can also look into our base assumptions on Mm -hmm. life, Mm -hmm. uh, our political perspectives and that kind of thing, and then see how that's reflected in, you know, how we look at the, the crypto ecosystem. Um, so, I mean, I don't want to get into like too much of like generalizing, but I would definitely say like, even when I was in high school and I didn't even understand politics, like, you know, take like a stupid test and be like, yeah, you're a libertarian, you know, like (laughs) that, that was like kind of always part of my character. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, obviously, you know, you know, you can describe your own political leanings, but I I do think that it was interesting to kind of just see how, yes, Bitcoin crypto, that changes your worldview a lot, but
0: it's also really colored by what you already believe is like how the world works. And I think that was definitely something that we explored at, at POV Crypto, where we talked about like people's ideological backgrounds and like how they kind of would naturally find themselves in one ecosystem or the other. Definitely. Um, I started off very, very liberal. And then since getting into crypto, I found myself going just more moderate, definitely more conservative, but not conservative holistically. But yeah, I would say like coming into the crypto world, it, it was an interesting exploration of just like, all right, who are you as a person and what values do you have and how does crypto express those values? And that was the other thing that was interesting uh, on POV was like all of, we had a mix of listeners, right? We had the Bitcoin listeners and we had the Ethereum listeners and all the Ethereum listeners were like, that C K guy just rubs my rubs my <laughs> just rubs me the wrong way, man. That can't stand that guy. And like all the Bitcoiners would tell, go to you and be uh, like, that David you. guy, that guy's an idiot, man. People will be like, how can you guys be friends, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, bro?
1: You guys are so sad. Like, come on, you can't disagree with someone. I think maybe that is a reflection of the times. But yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, how, people like mm-hmm. if you can't disagree and then
0: still respect someone, like, do you even know them? Right. Honestly. Well, that's why. That's why I think people like really listened to POV Crypto and like really appreciated it because like it was it was the conversations that a lot of people wanted to have. But no one could do it in a way that wasn't like disrespectful for some for some reason. I mean, even at times I would get disrespectful. Like, yeah, to but, be honest, but, but we but both like, we both would, but we would also like not let it interfere with the conversation. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, it would call cool, cool back at the end. Mm-hmm. All right, good show. Talk <laughs> to you
1: tomorrow. <laughs> that kind of thing. Who's gonna edit this one? Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. No, I remember like my wife, you know, then fiance, but now wife. You know, she would always like clown me,
0: like man. <laughs> you must have had a really heated <laughs> episode because I could hear you all the way in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of yelling. Yeah the the names Fight Night episodes were definitely true to their name. Um, all right, so we do. Do we want to like recap uh, the reflect on the year thus far since we haven't done a POV crypto episode in a year?
1: Yeah, man, what a wild bear market.
0: So do well, also bull market, right? So yep. Did so, so say we we stopped we stopped doing POV stuff in like 2020 uh, ish, maybe, maybe. So 2021. we we were like
1: doing it two to three times a week up Mm -hmm. until 2020 all of 2021 it was like two episodes here Mm -hmm. two episodes here two episodes here that kind of thing uh and then you know just shy of a year ago it was like our last episode
0: so did the 20 because there was this air on pub crypto that like the bull market will return we, we were childs of the 2017 bull market. Mm-hmm. POV Crypto was a bear market podcast. Yeah. Uh, but it was always under the assumption like, okay, the bull market will w- return once again. And then it did. Uh, and then like you doubled down on Bitcoin media. I doubled down on Bankless. Um, did, if we want to put ourselves back in the shoes of like 2018 to 2020, Christian and David, uh, did the 2021-2022 bull market go how you expected it to go? I would say yes and no.
1: Uh, this is something we were talking about yesterday. Like, as the Bitcoiner, the way to have made the most amount of USD or SATS or whatever mm-hmm. would definitely have been to listen to David. <laughs> like there's no question there. Um, but on the flip side, like the bull market pushed forward Bitcoin adoption in an insane way. Mm-hmm. Like, you know we we now have Bitcoin playing on the the playing ground of nation states. I mean, and you know, that's opening the door for a lot of crypto to happen as well. Um, and we're also, you know, we're seeing uh, Bitcoin mining being integrated into energy infrastructure uh, in a very quick way. Like I, th- I think that real Bitcoin adoption definitely aligned with my perspective of of the bull market. Um, but if you're just like, you know, trying to make as much USD, trying to make, and let's just assume not even trading, just mm-hmm. like you're participating in this right. market, like I definitely think that there's a very clear answer there. So sure. you know, and on, on my end like, Bitcoin's supposed to give you peace of mind. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you understand the protocol, you understand the system, you understand the end result, like, how could you not have peace of mind? So, uh, being, working in this space where, you know, I'm fully aligned with my ideology and my vision for the future, like, that's increased my earning power an enormous amount. Obviously, I own more Bitcoin now than I, you know, ever thought possible. But at the same time, like, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, being on the Being on the alpha end of the Cantillon
0: effect, as I would describe it, it, is definitely really fucking lucrative. There's no question about that. Uh, To explain that metaphor, the alpha end of the Cantillon effect, you're saying that Ethereum is where issuance occurs. And so if you're on the Ethereum ecosystem, you have the net effects of the Cantillon effect. Yeah,
1: well, so the Cantillon effect is this idea that uh, if you're closer to where the money or the assets or the whatever is being issued and you get it first, Mm -hmm. then you have a lot to gain. And people who get it last, you know. Get let, you know, they gain less, or mm-hmm. they're even maybe uh, on the on the short. They get the short end of the stick. Sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're not creating assets in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like really, it's just like there's there's let there's not that much alpha in uh in being in a part the of the. Yeah. It's like uh, in like like the alpha is not the same as like hey, I can be an insider <laughs> in Ethereum. Yeah. And I can understand where the trends are going and I can get tokens that, mm-hmm. you know, will appreciate or whatever, get speculated on. Uh, it's almost like people like people like I want to buy Bitcoin. So that way I can get the next airdrop, right. like a hundred, a 1, thousand
0: percent of that activity all went to Ethereum. Mm-hmm. Like that would stop being even a thing in Bitcoin. I do. Yeah. I do remember that during 2017, one of the things you we were saying in our group chat was like, Bitcoin pays dividends because Bitcoin would keep on getting forked and forked and forked. Yeah, that, didn't, that did not pay. I that, mean, it did get forked, just the forks stopped being valuable. Yeah, like no, It stopped being relevant, Yeah, uh, which is good for Bitcoin. And what do you mean? Oh, because the Bitcoin meme is more dominant? Yeah, it just showed, like, hey, you can't just fork this thing. Sure. Yes. Yeah, not successfully. But then I would say, okay, so yes, a lot of that same energy of, like, the desire to fork, the desire to create new assets then got captured by Ethereum. Right. So like the Bitcoin fork phenomenon, like kind of was the same thing, a similar thing to like the Ethereum DeFi summer, like f- uh for- fork and fair launch phenomenon, like same kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would just summarize it down to
1: uh, it became the place to issue tokens. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of alpha that became if, you
0: know, you can uh, if you can have you can be on the right side mm-hmm. of that. So I can't remember, I, I think this was true, but in uh, during the POV era days, I think you kind of thought that like Ethereum would just like go to zero. And if not you, then a, like a large percentage of the Bitcoiners that we had out of would be like, yeah, all of you ETH heads, like, sorry, your blockchain is eventually going to not work and be gone in the future. Do you still believe that? Um, So I would say I've always had like a,
1: I've always had an independent thought mm-hmm. in terms of like the crypto ecosystem although very heavily influenced by uh Bitcoin intellectuals. Mm-hmm. Um I never thought that like Ethereum was like heading straight to zero, but I did think that on a long enough time horizon it's going to continue to depreciate against Bitcoin. Uh still true right now, but at the same time still way too early to see. Mm-hmm. Um personally so, I wait,
0: so you you currently so you still think that Ether Will trend towards zero in Bitcoin terms over the long term? Well, I think that Ether is just like every other asset in the world, which all of them will trend towards zero in Bitcoin terms. Okay. so you're you're you are a hyper Bitcoiner, hyper Bitcoinization er.
1: I mean, yeah, we we must move towards a world where we have a unified uh, settlement layer for value that's uncorruptible. I think Bitcoin is the best technology to do that, mm-hmm. and I think that there's many layers in which Bitcoin has. Enormous advantages in mm-hmm. Im, implement, implementing itself as that uh, as that settlement layer. So, like for that to be true, therefore all
0: other assets that store value will trend to zero in Bitcoin terms. Like I, I one hundred percent still believe that. And so there's there's nothing about the twenty twenty one bull market that made you question that idea. No, 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 not at all. Even so, like even the so like we'll, we'll say that like the twenty. I'm going to claim that Ethereum won the 2021 bull market. Do you agree with that? Like if, like if the, yeah, there was, there was a bull market. There was an event. Ethereum dominated it. And like categorically, like Solana didn't win. Avalanche didn't win. Bitcoin didn't win. Ethereum won.
1: Um, so I've said this on POV crypto. Mm-hmm. I think like the whole crypto ecosystem is part of Bitcoin. Right. Yeah. So, I think you remember that line. Yeah. So, with that perspective like Bitcoin had to gain from from the world mm-hmm. getting onboarded into the UX of leveraging crypto into understanding that there can be value um that is on a, a public ledger and like the world is getting educated. We're at no matter what anyone says, okay? We're at less than 1% adoption. Mm-hmm. Right? Just world population People who actually are using and understand Bitcoin and crypto, less than 1% adoption. So that means 99.9% of the planet needs to go from like not understanding this stuff at all and being on the fiat mindset, and they have to transition all the way to Bitcoin. So, like, that is going to be a messy process. That is a long process. Uh, people will be making. Mental errors and mental miss and uh miss uh assessments mm-hmm. on the way to Bitcoin, in my opinion. So like, of course, like they have to love NFTs and all this other stuff that's like on the way to this very kind of extreme and different future that Bitcoin, like a hyper Bitcoinized standard, would have. So I don't like. Okay, in the short run, could you have made a lot more money if you were in the crypto space versus Bitcoin only? Definitely, but. In the long run, I don't know if that is actually an indication of, like, who won. Mm. I would say, like, the things that got the most mass appeal to the most fiat-minded people are, like, yeah, NFTs. That's the big... Okay, the biggest number one winner is (laughs) NFTs because, like, that... Everyone wants to do that. But, like, guess what? What everyone wants to do right now, like, in a world that's not a Bitcoin crypto world is not what everyone is going to want to do when the... Like the kind of like the games are changed. Everyone's playing on a different playing field. So I think we're still living in fiat land. So yeah, hey, you know, on the S curve of adoption, while we're over here at the bottom of the S, you know, there's going to be a lot of volatility. There's going to be a continued misallocation of capital. So I already, you know, I already gave my spiel. Like if you wanted to make the most amount of money in this (laughs) past bull market, you should have listened to David, <laughs> but I, I don't think that that is like, uh, I don't think, I think it's way too early to say winners and losers. And I mean, Bitcoin advanced an enormous amount. So mm-hmm. I know what do you, what do you think? I, 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 I feel like you've been asking me questions, obviously they're interviewing yeah. me, but, uh, what do you think? Uh, how would you respond to that?
0: So I think the, the bull market that happened, uh, as soon as the bull market started, like the the paradigm that we were used to, we as an Ethereans that were on crypto Twitter, the paradigm that we were used to was like we fight with Bitcoiners, we definitely think we're right. Uh, when the bull market starts, people are gonna people are gonna resonate with Ethereum more than they will resonate with Bitcoin. Uh, and it went from like the, the as like in DeFi summer, like DeFi summer, like the Ethereum app layer grew significantly, even though Ether price didn't. And then the Ether price started to respond aggressively at the end of DeFi summer into 2021, like January, 2021, it went from like $700 to like $1,500, broke through all-time highs. At that mo- moment in time, the collective Ethereum community that had stuck around during the bear market, I think mentally claimed victory. As in like, we we all of the arguments came through in Ethereum's favor in a big way. And also at the same time, like going in through 2022, no, 2021, like we, as a community, stopped caring about the Bitcoin Maxi's takes on Twitter. Like the, remember the whole like supply gate, the eth supply gate from Pierre Richard, Like stuff like that, like, oh, you don't know what the total supply of ether is. And we were we just like were face palming at that, except it was such a big deal because the Bitcoiners had dominated crypto Twitter for so long and, and did at that point. But we were like face palming like this is a dumb argument that no one's gonna care about in the future. And like, I do believe that that was the right take. Uh, and uh, other, along with other things about like the, the takes that Bitcoiners had about Ethereum. As soon as mainstream adoption came around, like uh, I, don't, I think the Bitcoiner like memes and narratives and like lessons just did not resonate with them as much. And so we stopped paying attention to like fighting with the Bitcoiners because we actually became like as an ecosystem, as a community concerned with Solana and avalanche and like we actually learned that it wasn't bitcoin that was going to be the hard fight it would be people forking ethereum and spinning up this new ethereum killers in the same way bitcoin had bitcoin killers in 2017. like it was turns out the actual the bigger fights that we had to deal with were scale like pr- like our own problems like ethereum turns out it was our it was our own issues that we needed to fight with not like public perception about bitcoin versus ethereum so like the bigger fights that we had during 2021 were like tw- uh, solana Avalanche, uh, Terra. Uh, and so, like, as a community, we kind of just like stopped thinking about Bitcoin because we don't we didn't really consider it like a threat to the ecosystem. And again, this is coming from the perspective of people who think that there's going to be one dominant blockchain that will ultimately win, which I, both you and I think is probably is is true. Uh, and so, from the Ethereum perspective, like, yeah, Bitcoin is just like significantly less relevant than it once was. I mean, Bitcoin's chronically chronically
1: underappreciated mm-hmm. chronically chron- chronically uh i guess like talked down to or uh you know Bitcoin's the underdog mm-hmm. so uh
0: that's that's a pretty comfortable position for me is betting on the underdog bitcoin but, is the underdog is like a crazy thing to have said if you were said that like on POV crypto like 2 years ago so i don't i don't think like bitcoin in terms of like
1: its place in the ecosystem is the underdog. I think it's 100% dominate across mm-hmm. what matters. I think Bitcoin in the minds of the populace has has almost always been, you know, written off and the underdog.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: mainstream media has been very happy to be like Bitcoin's not going to happen, but DeFi is interesting. Blockchain is interesting. It's always been like this other thing right. is interesting. Mm-hmm. So, you know you can win this like little battle here which is like convincing people that are so far away from what i think is like the future to like like your thing mm-hmm. but
0: i don't think that that actually matters for the future so what do you what do you what's your take on uh tornado cash and the fact that the biggest government in the world made something on ethereum illegal and i'll and i'll echo Nick Carter's uh, uh, words from Nick Carter, where he said, like, because of this, like, you know that Ethereum is like over the target, as in like, uh, it's on to something when a big nation state feels threatened by something like tornado cash and actually bans it. And so Nick Carter said, like, Ethereum is now like the spearhead of the cypherpunk movement. And like, and I see this in stark contrast to Bitcoin, where like, I, I called Bitcoin like impotent. Cause it's just like, not a threat. It's just like Bitcoin. It's just like, it's got this, this thing that has yeah, 21 million. Off. Yeah. It's, it's written off. I love it. so you you say you it love off. it, but I say like, yeah, it's because like, it's just, it, you want to be a threat. You want to threaten the nation state. And if you I are, think, it's because you I are mean, super high value. It is
1: definitely threatening the nation state. That's why it is the thing that is being attacked most by the narrative. I mean, I don't think that it's mutually exclusive. I think that nation states want centralized control Anything that gets, ma- like, any sort of volume and traction that, you know, doesn't, that that takes away from that, like, they're going to attack. So, like, I can view Ethereum as, like, a, if inefficient, more censorship-resistant, no-KYC exchange. And then if you frame it that way, then, okay, well, there's been plenty of exchanges that have become illegal and attacked by the government. That's still part of the Bitcoin ecosystem, like... Okay, you came up with the UX that, like, got on their radar. They attacked it. Like, that's great. That's, like, saying, like, this is now
0: the spearhead of the cypherpunk movement. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. Can you? You're, I think you'll have to explain to the listeners, like, why uh, something like Ethereum is inside of the Bitcoin ecosystem. Can you explain that perspective? Okay, well, firstly, like, Bitcoin
1: is what started this ecosystem. Sure. Secondly, like, Ethereum and all other chains like relied on Bitcoin to even get bootstrapped. The proof of work was the very first thing that can enable a decentralized currency. Everything else was either directly or indirectly built off of that existence. I don't think that that can be argued with. But beyond that, like... All of these things are interoperable with each other. Like, I see exchanges as layers on top of Bitcoin. I see the app layers, you know, whether they're centralized, decentralized, whatever, like whatever their server architecture, they're either directly or indirectly plugging into Bitcoin. And I just see Ethereum, like the best way I could describe Ethereum is like a, it's almost like this giant app layer for crypto that is much less efficient than a centralized one aka you can call it a bmb or an ftx or solana but much more censorship resistant and much more permissionless and it provided kyc free activity like those are the things that it solved for um there's a lot of ways where it like it's obviously independent and it's done its own thing since it's bootstrap off bitcoin but i don't see it as being outside of like this layering mm-hmm. of like the crypto enabled ecosystem. And at the heart of that, the only thing that like is not fully manipulated by fiat, even though it is still slightly manipulated by fiat is the, is the price of ter- like the, the, the energy conversion into Bitcoin ratio. Mm-hmm. Like that it, to me, like that is like, that is like the root of all of this stuff. So I, that's definitely still true in my opinion.
0: Okay, so your, your perspective is like uh, there's, um, you have Bitcoin as, as the base layer, you have Ethereum as a layer on top of that, you have Bitcoin proof of work as the thing that grounds Bitcoin into the real world that's outside of fiat systems, then you have Bitcoin, then you have Ethereum, then you have the Ethereum app layer. Uh, and all the other and variations too. You go up the stack and you get into the shit coins as you go further up the stack. I mean, up sideways around, you know, maybe maybe instead of like a root
1: or layers, maybe it's like uh it's like a solar system, you know, with like just stuff orbiting around it. But uh I mean I don't know. That's uh it's it's definitely my perspective. I think it's a unique perspective. I don't I don't think that most Bitcoiners think that way. And, you know, to the Ethereans or ETH heads who'd be like, What a crazy fuck like ETH heads have been writing off Bitcoin and have had, in my opinion, incorrect uh, worldview and and perspectives on how Bitcoin is is changing the world. So of course you're not going to get it. How is Bitcoin changing the world? Uh, it's changing the world in terms of it's creating that settlement layer. Mm-hmm. It is creating a monetary uh, it, it's creating a monetary ecosystem where you can count. Like this divided by twenty one million. Like mm-hmm. it's that is like that's the ultimate
0: goal is being able to count and price things, mm-hmm. right? This, is, this and, is the meme of infinity over Bitcoin, infinity over twenty one million. Yeah, the human world divided by it's like everything a where you can count. Every, it's just, everything divided by twenty one yeah, million. Yeah,
1: it, it is literally it's as simple as a system that you can count. That is it. We live right now in a system where we're trying to mm-hmm. allocate capital where no one can effing count. Um, and then and then on top of that, and this might be even bigger than the sound money revolution, aka a system where you can actually count is Bitcoin's place in the energy infrastructure. Like mm. we're seeing how wrecked our energy infrastructure is in the world, how inefficient it is, how corrupt it is, uh, how political forces uh, are attacking it, how uh, just narratives—the whole thing is just—it doesn't work. And and Bitcoin is like it grounds the world in energy, the the monetary system and energy. It also does an in- amazing thing to the energy system which is it becomes the, the buyer of first resort and the buyer of last resort and it is geographically independent you can plug it in you know connect mm. to the network from anywhere and that's just never existed before the closest thing that almost existed like that is being able to smelt aluminum uh but even still like that's like, you can't do that on the level of, hey, I'm just gonna cap this one methane flare in this random field and mine Bitcoin. Like, you, it, that requires an enormous amount of unexportable energy uh, in a very specific place. So, like, Bitcoin is a thousand. If you think of like Bitcoin proof of work as an improvement on being able to export energy via aluminum smelting, like, it's a million X improvement. You can set it up anywhere and you can ship the, you can mm-hmm. export the energy with Bitcoin. To a, a liquid market anywhere with no physical constraints so i mean between like revolutionaring our energy grid which is something that we need to do it is huge and between creating a monetary system that's uncorruptible you can count like that's a lot mm-hmm. and i don't know what world you guys are
0: living in but that <laughs> is those are two massive problems in the world right now Yeah, I I mean, Bankless listeners will know that I kind of think almost every single Bitcoiner over-indexes on, like, how strong the relationship between Bitcoin and energy is. I don't know if you want to go into that or not. Do you want to go into that?
1: I mean, look around. Like, energy producers, big and small, are getting into it. So I Right,
0: but it's like Bitcoin and proof of work is a boon to energy producers at the cost of Bitcoin. And so like all, all of the, because Bitcoin, when you produce energy, you are able to mine Bitcoin and then sell bitcoins to pay for the cost of producing that energy. So energy production gets cheaper, and then also Bitcoin that and that the reason why it gets cheaper is because you can sell bitcoins to subsidize it. And so it pulls away. The value of Bitcoin, and then it adds value to the energy grid. So the yeah, energy Bitcoin's grid is good
1: for the world, man. It's not about the Cantillon effect. Oh, sorry. It's not about insiders being able to hold onto their coins. It's not about maximizing value for right. whatever Bitcoin about making the world a better place, making energy. But at energy the cost of itself. No, I disagree. A
0: value comes out of Bitcoin it, to pay for energy that, and the energy that's grid. That's just not true. That's hundred percent true. That's what you miners mine the Bitcoin. They consume energy to do that. They receive the bitcoins and then they sell the bitcoins to pay for their business. Value leaves Bitcoin and it goes into the energy energy grid, the energy infrastructure. So Bitcoin is a mechanism to
1: bootstrap out better energy infrastructure. I don't at think that the that's, cost of itself. No, I think that that's just a healthy ecosystem. Like yes, there is selling that has to happen of Bitcoin. Like there has to be a bigger there has to be a bigger market of buyers. Like that is part of let's just zoom out really Mm -hmm. quick. Bitcoin is binary in my opinion, which means that the incentives work or the incentives don't work. Mm -hmm. So if Bitcoin's incentives are flawed, AKA miners are going to leech onto it and then bury the system, which is what you're saying. Okay. The incentives don't work. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I don't think that that's the case. I think the incentives work. And if the incentives work, then Miners will, Bitcoin will help energy infrastructure bootstrap and improve across the planet. Mm -hmm. Bitcoin is going to become literally at the center of all energy infrastructure across the planet. Bitcoin buyers are going to increase as they see Bitcoin becoming a greater and greater part of the real world that is 100% needed Mm -hmm. to make any of this stuff that we're enjoying and leveraging in the modern world possible. And it's, going, and it's going to increase in buyers. We're at less than 1% adoption right now. Mm-hmm. There's only 21 million Bitcoin. Like, if you actually think through what adoption looks like, I'm not concerned. The miners can sell the Bitcoin. Actually, we need that. That's called healthy distribution of coins. Mm-hmm. That's how you actually create a monetary system that's fair. There's a reason why the world converged around, uh, you know, metals. It's because metals are everywhere on the planet. They're distributed. They're not just in one spot. So I think that the distribution of coins is is actually a healthy part of right. Bitcoin's incentive structure. Like you need that.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's it's good for it's good for distribution. The equal and opposite net effect of that is that it actually creates centralization in security. But we'll we'll go down that path uh, later. I, look, Dave, I
1: I just think that y- the way that you're analyzing these systems are just wrong. I know. <laughs> so, I know. Like, I know you it's think just that. Your, your I know. Asses- you think that. Your, your, <laughs> You're, you're like, hey, that's going to create centralization here. Like, I don't think that you fully understand the Bitcoin system.
0: We're watching miners right now, the Argo or whatever, like, go through uh, at be- the beginnings of, like, being able to, like, not make ends meet and go through consolidation as the inefficient miners get washed out by the efficient miners. And, like, yay, like, miners are becoming more efficient through the bear market as the inefficient ones, like, burn out. But that's just centralization of security. But that's also not the point I want to make. Okay, wait, What's- no, hold on. So... The largest miners in the world, Mm -hmm. the ones that have been
1: centralizing ASICs, Mm -hmm. they're all going under, and they're selling their ASICs for pennies on the dollar to whoever is willing to buy them. So that's a distribution effect. That's actually that is the destruction of centralization.
0: Hey, you only you (laughs) either get the distribution and decentralization of BTC, the asset, or you get the decentralization of Bitcoin security. You don't get both. Those are I I disagree with that because. Your your
1: assumption is that Bitcoin mining there's only benefit benefits to uh to in scale so like the benefits in having large scale mm-hmm. the economies of scale that's the phrase mm-hmm. you you only think that Bitcoin mining equals economies of scale period correct I yes. think like Bitcoin mining is a very complex ecosystem mm-hmm. that economies of scale are not the only element to that and that there's actually in many use cases there's a diseconomy of scale. Like if you want to use Bitcoin miners and and collect their waste heat, there's a diseconomy of scale to that because you can only use so much heat in one place and then all of a sudden heat becomes an issue. Then you have to spend energy and resources to get rid of that heat. So if you want to use Bitcoin mining heat to power a greenhouse, well, like there's an efficient size of a greenhouse and there's a standard, you know, market delivered... Uh, scale that makes sense and then all like bitcoin mining is an energy efficiency catalyst so anywhere where you need energy efficiency bitcoin mining is going to help there so there's actually this economy of scale because not everyone is located in the same place not everyone yeah. needs that efficiency in the same place so i disagree completely with your assessment of, I think that's of how a the small mining works
0: and order consequence like it doesn't upset the rule like it's perhaps it slows it down, but it still doesn't break the rule that one dollar of capital produces certain amount of hash like X number of hashes, and then ten dollars of capital produces more than ten dollars of cap of, of hashes. So uh, the, the thing that breaks that rule is that
1: energy in specific quantity is not located in a central place. People needing, or could benefits from the energy efficiencies are not located in one place. So unless you think the whole world is converging on a geography, like that's the beautiful thing about Bitcoin mining. It's, it's geographically independent. It hits, right, the, it just hits the geographies. Entity, entity independent. Okay. Well, you know, I've yet to see an entity take over. So yeah. there is literally zero history of sure. the game theory
0: not working. Uh, okay, I want to go back to the point that I, I wanted to make in the first place. Before we go down, we went down like the energy thing. <laughs> yeah, the, this and go, this goes back to um, Bitcoin miners uh, mine Bitcoin, cost them energy, sell the bitcoins to pay for the costs, and that I'm I'm saying that that is a transfer of value from Bitcoin to the energy grid. I think what you're saying is that people who will they'll see bitcoin being integrated into the energy grid across the world bitcoin will be like baked into the energy system so well that people will just notice that and it'll be beneficial to bitcoin it's not after they're noticing the fact. it like it, it will be continue to get priced in like so, Bitcoin but like, it's will be important a bullish thing to be integrated into the energy grid. That's the point I want to make. Is that like I think of anything more bullish than that? No, because it's this one it's this it's one way transfer of value from Bitcoin into the energy system. And if Bitcoin continues to like go up in market cap, then the energy system can get better. But it's always a one-way street. And so the only way that value goes back into Bitcoin is if people like just appreciate that fact. And, but it's not a codified mechanism. So there's this codified mechanism of Bitcoin gets sold to pay for energy... And there is no equal and opposite codified mechanism where value goes back into Bitcoin, other than just like the valence of like positive perception of it being around the energy grid. When people research it and they see that Bitcoin only gets sold to pay for energy, that's not like the perception that you want, that's bearish. And so people aren't going to appreciate Bitcoin more because they don't want to be the bag holders because all the miners are able to dump their Bitcoins to pay for their energy. Like it's not a good association. It's a, it's a negative association. I think that if you're trying to sell an investment scheme
1: to people then maybe that you can make that argument. If you're trying to make the world a better place, if you're trying to create an economic system that integrates into the planet and helps humans economically coordinate and manage their energy, then it's going to be okay. But but <laughs> like Bitcoin I don't Bit- know how else
0: to tell you. But Bitcoin doesn't work if it doesn't go up in price. Like, it has to go up in price.
1: Look, Bitcoin's incentive work or they don't. If the incentives work, I think it's going to be the most competitive money on the planet and it'll continue to outcompete and it will reach hyper-Bitcoinization. If the incentives don't work, it's going to zero. I hope you got some guns and bullion because we got some big-ass problems in front of us. Um, maybe Ethereum can escape that uh, that dichotomy, I, I just, I don't know, like, whenever you're like, hey, guess what, like, the miners, it doesn't work, pretty much what you're saying is, I don't think the incentives are going to work into the future, and my response to that would be, well, if you pay attention to what's going on, obviously, that dynamic isn't, that you're describing is not the actual dynamic, secondly, there is continuing to be increased people who have faith, have comfort, want to continue to hold and accumulate this asset greater than the miners being able to sell. And then on top of that, if that stops, then Bitcoin will break. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe you should diversify. Like, I've always been a proponent to, like, hey, if you're actually bullish enough on Bitcoin, you never have to fully leverage yourself against Bitcoin. Like, you can be comfortable in your life. You can hold other assets because one bitcoin is going to be worth an insane amount of money the whole point is you need to get bitcoin from the beginning of the S curve to the other side <laughs> any amount literally any amount that you can buy on this side if we reach hyperbitcoinization will be more will be an insane amount of money on the other end because it's a fixed supply currency that's also technology so if we go from less than 1% adoption to 99% adoption And then on top of that, Bitcoin's a better system, theoretically, because you can count and it helps with the energy grid. So theoretically, it will help us create more value Mm -hmm. than any amount that you own right now. Getting it to the other side is going to make you insanely wealthy. Um, So you can like you don't have to be over indexed against Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. You don't have to put yourself in a position where if the economic assumptions don't work, if the game theory doesn't work, that you're wrecked. Like, that's bad personal finance, in my opinion. So, I mean, like, hey, if you, if you, you, you could argue with me that Bitcoin's incentives don't work until so you're blue in the face, I will just keep telling you that the history doesn't show that, all the trends moving forward doesn't show that. And I don't think that Ethereum, like, onboarding people onto public key cryptography and, and signing with your, with your private keys and putting value in internet protocols... I don't actually think that that takes away from Bitcoin. Like, I I just think we need to onboard 99% of people. Like, there's not one way to onboard them all because they all have different base assumptions on how the world works. So actually, it's a benefit to Bitcoin that someone can be like, hey, I'm going to take a system similar to Bitcoin. I'm going to change the dynamics a little bit to make it fit my worldview a little bit. and, And maybe that will attract more people to the space. Like most people are not aligned to the future view of where Bitcoin's taking us, mm-hmm. obviously, because Bitcoin is a paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. If everyone was aligned with it, then it like it wouldn't be that big of a deal because everyone was mentally able to deal with that. But guess what? Before we had electricity, only Nikola Tesla saw the future. Mm. <laughs> right. Like you ask the average person, hey, is electricity going to big deal? Like, what's that? <laughs> but once it became a thing, they couldn't lay down the fiber fast enough. They couldn't lay down the lines fast enough because it was a game changer. It's undeniable. So I just think that's what Bitcoin is.
0: Does Bitcoin work if it's not the number one most valued crypto asset? Definitely. Yeah? Yeah, And if anything,
1: like, that's coming 100%. Something is going to flip Bitcoin? Well, I mean, Bitcoin's already not the biggest currency in the world, so, Mm -hmm. like... Does it matter if that there's a bigger currency that is a cryptographic one? Like, I could definitely see, like, a stable coin flipping Bitcoin soon. Mm-hmm. Like, does that mean because, like, they're partially, like, settled on Ethereum that Ethereum is flipping Bitcoin? Like, I don't necessarily know. Like, I think, like, every single sacred cow, that's why the framing of, like, market cap is, mm-hmm. like... Like that, yeah, bitcoins have always hated the market, the market cow. Yeah, measure. I mean, but regardless, like every sacred cow is going to be broken on the way to hyper bitcoinization, in my opinion.
0: Wait, so if we are in hyper bitcoinization, is bitcoin the largest money market by, by market? Yeah, cap? and the end, the end result, but like on the way there, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah,
1: going from zero, you know, less than one percent adoption to 99 you know, to 100% adoption, there's just a lot of confusion. Mm -hmm. Like, there's going to be a lot of experimentation. Do you remember the HD DVD versus Blu-ray debacle? And then guess what actually got mainstream adoption? It's Netflix. Digital. Right. Streaming. Uh (laughs) Like, the the consumer was wrong the whole time. (laughs) They were wrong the whole time. So, like, hey, you know, did did video, did streaming, Mm -hmm. you know, did it matter to streaming that DVD, HD DVD, and Blu-ray are all bigger at one point?
0: Mm -hmm. Didn't matter at all. I think the the biggest difference between you and I, Ethereans and Bitcoiners, is like we all agree, like there's a paradigm shift that's coming, but we just don't agree on what that paradigm shift actually is.
1: Yeah, I agree with
0: that. And so, (laughs) like, my big paradigm shift is that we can take human systems that we have already created throughout history, that we've been recreating throughout history, and make them better. Uh, And that the better form factor is like a much, much, much better, but it's still the same thing that we've already had. So, like, the Dutch East India Company in 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 the Netherlands, and then and then the Delaware LLC in the United States now dows on Ethereum, and so like one of the reasons one of the thing reasons why I have like such conviction in Ethereum is like we see these principles and these structures that humans have been doing for generations for centuries, and now we're seeing them again on Ethereum, but with more and more just like codified cryptography, shared truth, like objective nature to them, and so like that gives me uh, confidence in that like, okay, we've already been doing these things and now Ethereum allows us to do these things better. Since we were doing them once before, now we have a better way to do it, that's bullish for Ethereum once people can wrap their heads around it. And so we are taking these like systems that we've already created in the world, stock exchanges, uh, like, a- like securitization, like assets, Non-fungible assets like a mortgage, non-fungible tokens like a CryptoPunk. We've already been doing all of these things and now Ethereum does it better and it does it in a more trustless way that is more like more liquidity, more user participation, more freedom, more sovereignty, and more interoperability, yes. And so like same, same, but better. And that's a paradigm shift. The Bitcoin paradigm shift, the paradigm shift that I I hear you make is something that is to me it's like way bigger of a paradigm shift. It's way more massive of like a proposed what it what it actually means. And I'm not gonna do it justice if I try and do it, but maybe you can like articulate what your paradigm shift is. Yeah, I I think
1: that was great framing actually. So mm. you know that the, the longest monologue that I agreed with that you've said so far. <laughs> and and, uh, and if anything, like I agree with you that like a lot like crypto in general is effectively codifying ancient wisdom to yes. some degree. 100%. So what I would say is like, sure, all of the, but everything you described to me in terms of like how the layers of society, like we're talking about the layers of a blockchain, the layers of money, all this stuff. Yep. Like society is built on layers, right? Mm-hmm. So like everything you described to me is like the app layer of society. Right. Like yeah. the revolution is going to happen at the foundation. And, and that's the foundation's why the, money. Foundations, the foundation and Bitcoin is too also codified in ancient In ancient wisdom and technology and Lindy, which is like, you know, looking at the foundation of the monetary system, it's like, okay, in the past, there's a lot of arguments on like the history of it. Uh, Nick Zabo has a great article uh, shelling out, which kind of talks about, you know, this evolution, but ultimately, you know, the world, we converged around, uh, you know, gold and silver around precious metals bitcoin is codified in the mechanism similar mechanisms like inherently Mm -hmm. similar mechanisms but code and dematerialize and a 100x improvement on Mm -hmm. those same mechanism at the very base so i guess what i'm trying to say is like i think if anything ethereum is like more like this sandbox but in the long enough time horizon like the actual evolution happens at the base and it's built off of the base of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. um, so I, I do think that we're we're seeing a similar trend. I'm just focusing on the foundation, and I right. I, I think Bitcoin's attacking that foundation right. very very effectively.
0: Yeah, and I think my like uh, my response to that would be like, well, Ether as a money is also going after that same foundation, and also if we take away if we take like Bitcoin as gold and gold has been around forever, I think that's over indexing on like how big of a deal gold is. Cause like, yeah, gold's been, gold transcends like empires. It transcends organizational structures, but like it doesn't actually like one of the, one of the reasons why empires are created is because they were able to make gold do things like coinage, right? Like we were able to make fiat gold, fiat issuance of gold. And like that created temporary boons. Then it created a bust. Uh, but like we, gold's have been, been perfect. I know. Yeah. We've been, we've been <laughs> like creating other monetary systems around gold sometimes completely unrelated to gold that created their own in innovations as well. And it's so like one of the bull cases for Ethereum is that like you can express any monetary policy on Ethereum that you want uh, with, you know, issue, issue a token and make that token do a thing. Uh, and if that thing is liked by the populace, then it sticks around. Uh, and so any sort of just like monetary policy that we enjoy as humans, as money enjoyers, like we can have that expressed on Ethereum. So, like I, I- I don't think that
1: money enjoyers enjoy monetary policy i I think like do do you have a specific like preference of kilowatts or hertz or whatever frequency that is used in order to like make all this tech happen around us? No, I don't like you use what works, uh-huh. use what has been built into the system like that perpetuates itself like I don't think people are gonna choose a, moneta- a money I think Money is literally shoved down people's throats because you either adopt it or you get fucked. <laughs> it's a massive efficiency gain, or it's uh-huh. fucking poverty. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I'm not gonna be a money enjoyer. Who's like, you know, I kind of enjoy this flavor of money. It's like, no, it's like you're holding pesos and getting fucked, or you're getting into dollars in the most efficient way possible. Mm-hmm. Like that is the paradigm. Right.
0: So like, do you, you don't do you? You don't give any sort of like uh, credit to the argument that like. If Ethereum recreates the global financial system, it's more likely going to be Ether, the currency, than Bitcoin, the currency that flows through that financial system. I mean, like, if you see something that's fucking crumbling and looks like shit, like, why would you want to recreate it? Like, I'm trying to, like... Because the form factor that you recreated in is not crumbling. It's actually the thing that replaces it. So, like, hey, like, is your stock exchange bad? Because, uh, like, we still need stock exchanges we'll just use uniswap instead of the one that's breaking. Yeah. No, so I mean,
1: uh do you remember that famous uh Henry Ford uh quote? Um something about horses and cars. It's like if I would have asked the people right. if they, you know, what they wanted, they would have said I want a faster horse. Right.
0: Yeah, like, everyone everyone likes to leverage that quote, but like I can say that you can you can always it's like unfalsifiable, right? It's just like, yeah, you can, that's a fun quote and you can kind of make that about anything. Like Pick, pick any sort of thing that you believe in and you can apply that to like the Henry Ford quote. I mean, I guess that's fair,
1: but I, I was just trying to illustrate my perspective here. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, it's nice sure. that you're trying to recreate the current financial app layer on Ethereum and maybe Ethereum doesn't have some of the corruptions that the mm-hmm. current financial app layer has. But I think that remains to be seen. We haven't seen the game get lucrative enough and the game get big enough and enough big players uh, mm-hmm. fighting in that game. But I'm saying is like wow that is misallocation of capital on misallocation of capital on misallocation of capital on misallocation Mm -hmm. of capital like the whole thing we need to burn the whole thing down Mm -hmm. bitcoin is it just a new foundation built in first principles and i think that we're going to build a new system based on that because if you don't like i think it's like a a, a capitalism communism paradigm in the cold war Mm -hmm. it's like At one point, the president of Russia visited America, the average grocery store, and was like, wow, the average American has more than the richest Russian ever could imagine. Because the system just Mm -hmm. created much, much more wealth and optionality. And I I, I really do think, like, zoom forward six or seven Mm -hmm. years, like, we'll be looking at the traditional system. We'll be looking at the Bitcoin ecosystem. I don't know if you want to include crypto or not in that. It depends on who your opinion is. I think the, the crypto system is like a bridge almost. Mm-hmm. But like it's going to be the, the dichotomy is going to be the same. It's poverty. It's like poverty and, and destitution or Bitcoin and energy and wealth. Mm-hmm. Like that's the paradigm. No one's going to choose poverty.
0: Yeah. You, you said like uh, uh one system is like is poverty. The other system is like wealth and optionality. I think one main like core philosophical difference between Bitcoiners and Ethereans is like, Bitcoin is like, all right, no more seniorage, no more issuance, no more Cantillon effect, just Bitcoin. It's the best, so much more simple, so much more efficient. One shelling point. You can count. Yeah, you can count. You can count to 21 million. Bless up. Uh, <laughs> Ethereum is like, uh, everyone gets issuance. Everyone gets the Cantillon effect. We all get to print money now. Like, and so when everyone can print money, No one can really print money because since the power to issue is now in the hands of the most marginal user, then it's actually a check on the bigger issuers of the world. It's like we all get to create tokens. We all get to mint NFTs. We all get to do it. No longer is the power of asset issuance constrained behind the doors of Wall Street and behind nation state like threats of violence. Now the individual can make their token and do their weird yield farming thing. Uh, And I think that is wealth and optionality for as many people as possible i mean the current world that bitcoin has created for us is a world where there's
1: bitcoin and it's also a world where the blueprint for blockchain technology allowed everyone to mint stuff and guess what that actually drowns out i think it actually drowns out fiat more than it actually drowns out bitcoin so i think what we see is like there's going to be bitcoin Maybe you're saying there'll be ether and -hmm. there'll be everything else and there'll actually be individuals drowning out like Mm -hmm. governments who had a monopoly on money printing. Maybe it's governments and corporations. Right. Right. I think that's part of the revolution is those things have to be drowned out. And I've, I've said this on POV crypto. I've said this on the internet. Like, Shit coins are good for Bitcoin mm-hmm. because there's two things happening. There's Bitcoin and then there's a hydra of shit. And both things are attacking the state together. The right. real revolution is individuals and sovereignty versus centralization and statism. So if you see that as the paradigm, all of these things are technologies to empower individual sovereignty. That's why we're mostly on the same team, mm-hmm. even though we disagree on you know, the how, the, yeah. how the sovereignty tech is going to play
0: out. I think if, you, if you're saying like it's shit coins and issuance that drowns out the nation state, the nation state is the incumbent, right? So whoever gets to dethrone the incumbent is the new Chad. And so if like if Bitcoin not doing that, and this goes back to like the Nick Carter quote where he's like, oh, yeah, the things that are going on on the Ethereum app layer are the there. new like spearhead of the cypherpunk movement. It's because like if, if we are the ones who because we have the issuance that we are now drowning out old nation state issuance, that makes us the chads. And if Bitcoin's not doing it, then Bitcoin's not the chad. See, this is like, I love that framing. Great, great rhetoric.
1: Excellent rhetoric. (laughs) Fantastic, David. Look, that's fine. Personally, I think that like what the shit coins do is they DDoS regulators. Yeah. So it's not like the shit coins are disrupting regulators. I think mm-hmm. Bitcoin Bitcoin's actually what's disrupting the incumbents because Bitcoin's creating sound money for the people that doesn't have the cantalon effect. Yeah. Bitcoin is helping fix the energy infrastructure in a decentralized way. But what the Hydra of shit does is it DDoSes the regulators mm-hmm. and it acts as a shield for Bitcoin. So that would be my framing, but I like your rhetoric. <laughs> All right. I don't have any other uh, topics in my head. Uh, you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, no, man. Uh, beautiful apartment, great studio. Exactly. I need to get yeah. some sure mics on my own. <laughs> I need I need to upgrade my studio for sure. Yeah, yeah. I see you with your you're
0: <laughs> You still have that Yeti Nano microphone. Yeah, we got to get your microphone.
1: Yeah, you know, we we got like a little studio in the Bitcoin Magazine uh, mm-hmm. office, but we like distributed the the equipment to the people who are on camera all the time. So nice. I just like don't podcast as much as you anymore. Yeah, um, you're, you're a big uh, big operator now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I miss the days of, uh, the the simple days. Yeah. I miss the simple days. Don't get, don't get too big, but, uh, (laughs) y'all, I mean, uh, shit is just getting interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, uh, Twitter and, uh, regulation Mm -hmm. and Bitcoin and crypto, all of these things are going to continue to become more important. And like, frankly, Mm -hmm they're already kind of part of, like, the political conversation. Right. I think the next presidential election is going to be a key topic. Sure. And yeah. to everyone out there who's saying, like, oh, crypto is going to be adopted over the course of, like, 50 years, not in my lifetime, right. you're all fucking bears. Right. Like, yeah. none of you are aligned with how fast this shit is right. going to go. So if I could give anyone on the bankless side of things a pep talk, it's like, this technology, it either improves the world it's either undeniable mm-hmm. it's going to if if those are the, if that's true then it's going to take hold incredibly fast mm-hmm. like i really don't think that this stuff is going to take our lifetimes
0: right no not at all I, I definitely agree with that and i think like we're starting to see it accelerate like that that's the main difference between i think uh, this current bear market versus the last one is like the rate of development is like 10 times faster than it was. And, and it's going to keep compounding only. Yeah. And I, I do feel like we are at the part of the S curve where you can actually see the slope starting to increase. I think we're done with the S curve by the end of this decade. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's going to be, that's going to be wild. I agree yeah. with
0: that. I think, I think
1: 2030, like that's going to be a, a key marker. Mm-hmm. Um, see where the hell we're at. Yeah. Boy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: if, if we're going from the flat part to the, <laughs> to the up part of the s mm-hmm. more volatility right yeah that does not mean, less that
0: doesn't mean that's what prices do that just means what adoption does prices can go up and down left and right throughout that oh yeah well i think it, prices will go up but it's go, it's gonna like right effectively gonna, go up and down around. against that yeah. but
1: when it's going like this right. that's going to be a massive volatility to the
0: upside like ish is going to get wild man Asia's right. going to get wild. Yeah, 100 percent. Well, CK, it's been a, uh, a thrill being on the ride with you thus far, and it's going to be a thrill taking this rest of the decade by the horns. All right. Let's eat some food. Let's do it. Sorry to all the uh, Bankless listeners that won't be able to enjoy my smoked salmon, but it's very delicious. Peace sexist, to suck. Peace, peace. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the video. If you did, head over to Bankless HQ right now to develop your crypto investing skills and learn how to free yourself from banks and gain your financial independence. We recommend joining our daily newsletter, podcast, and community as a Bankless Premium Subscriber to get the most out of your Bankless experience. You'll get access to our market analysis, our alpha leaks, and exclusive content, and even the Bankless Token for airdrops, raffles, and unlocks. If you're interested in crypto, the Bankless Community is where you want to be. Click the link in the description to become a Bankless Premium Subscriber today. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel for in-depth interviews with industry leaders, Ask Me Anythings, and weekly roll-ups where we summarize the week in crypto and other fantastic content. Thanks everyone for watching and being on the journey as we build out the bankless nation.